Titus 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Everybody, good morning and uh, Happy New Year. Uh, so glad that you are here. Welcome to 2022 here at Christ Community Chapel. Those of you who are uh, worshiping in our East worship service, welcome. Uh, those of you who are tuning in online and worshiping, welcome. All right, uh, let me start like this. Um, early on in the Gospel of John, Jesus is walking alone. And uh, there are a couple guys who are following him uh, from a distance. I think they're probably curious about Jesus. They don't know exactly uh, how to approach him. Uh, by the way, I did this one time when I was in an airport. I saw Evander Holyfield, who was the former heavyweight champion, started following him, then thought better of it and stopped following him. But these guys, they're following Jesus, and they don't know really what to do. And finally, Jesus turns around and asks them a question. Uh, and I think it's a question that he was asking not just them, but I think he asked that question of you and of me. And his question is simply this. What do you want? What do you want? Right, we stand at the cusp of a new year, 2022. We have no idea what it's going to bring. Really, no idea of what 2022 will bring. But this is true. By the end of 2022, you will either be more like Jesus or less like Jesus. You will either be more in love with him or less in love with him by the end of this year. And that's true of us as a church as well. By the end of 2022, Christ Community Chapel will either be more full of light and life or less. And it will be largely dependent on how we answer the question that Jesus asked, what do you want? Really, what do you want? Uh, this is a time of year where we have uh, New Year's resolutions. I don't know if you do that or not, but they kind of follow the same pattern. Uh, this is what I am right now. This is what I want to be. And this is kind of my plan on how I'm going to get there. I read a book uh, last week uh, that I found in Zach's office. Uh, you heard probably him say a few weeks ago that he went into my office and got a book. Well, now it's open season. So <laughs> I went and I found a book called Echoes of Eden. And I grabbed it because it just uh, it sounded interesting to me. And it's the subtitle is uh, Christianity and the Arts and Literature. Christianity and how it interfaces with arts and literature. And the, the writer actually looks at C.S. Lewis and his writing on the Chronicles of Narnia, J.R.R. Tolkien with Lord of the Rings, uh, Jane Austen uh, with uh, Pride and Prejudice, uh, Shakespeare with all of his plays, and then J.K. Rowling who wrote uh, the Harry Potter series. What the writer says is that uh, all these authors hooked into something that's very foundational in uh, every human soul. And what the writer said is that that thing is that this longing we have uh, for uh, things to be better, 
And it's really more than that. It's not just a, a longing for things to be better. We have this longing knowing that things are not the way they ought to be, the way they should be. And what he says is that we are listening for an echo of Eden when the world was exactly the way God intended it to be. Now here at CCC, when we talk about becoming the kind of people that God intends us to be, we use the word reimagine. And part of the reason we use reimagine is that to imagine something is to imagine something that is not existing yet. But to reimagine is to imagine something that once was, that has been lost, but will one day be restored. And that's the overarching story of the Bible, that God is going to restore things to the way he intends them to be, including you, including me. Now, we chose that word reimagine before it became so wildly popular. And for a while, that really irked me. Like my wife would be reading a magazine and she would say, hey, Joe, and she would turn the magazine around and I would see that, you know, a, you know, a little ad that said they're going to reimagine laundry soap, you know, or reimagine cars and driving, reimagine banking. But after a while, uh, I kind of liked it because what it shows is that uh, everybody is longing for something to be better, that every but he longs for the way things should be, ought to be. That means that people, even if they don't believe the Bible, are still listening for an echo from Eden. And we are too here at CCC. So Jesus in John chapter 10 said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Listen, all of our staff and me as your pastor, that's what we want for you. In 2022, we want you to experience more of that life. We want to provide every opportunity for you to, to know more about Jesus, to know Jesus better in your head, to love him more in your heart, to serve him with your hands, your head, your heart, and your hands. So that's what we're going to be talking about. This is the first week of our four-week vision series where we're going to look at what we want the church to be in 2022 and beyond. All right, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Titus chapter 2. It's the passage we just had read to us. And listen, if you didn't bring a Bible, there might be a Bible near you, but an easier thing is just download a free app on your phone. Uh, I have a, an app for the ESV Bible, which is the one we use here. You can download it on your phone because I, I want you to either bring your Bible or bring your phone with that app. Because I want one of the changes in 2022 is I want you to be able to follow along with whoever's preaching. All right? So, Titus, so it was written by the Apostle Paul uh, to a pastor named Titus. And in this little letter, Paul is giving encouragement and instruction to Pastor Titus about the church. And these, uh, this little passage, verses 11 through 14, gives us that kind of the church in a nutshell. And since it's such a a short passage. Let me read it for you, and then I'll give you my outline. This is what it says. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passion, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness 
and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. All right, I want to kind of work backwards in this sermon. I want to start in verse 14 and work back to verse 11. So my, my three points are simply I want to talk about uh, what, why, and how. I want to talk about what. That's, this is all kind of like a New Year's resolution, too, because the what is kind of the goal, what we want to be, what we feel like God wants us to be. The why is the motivation. You know, when you have a New Year's resolution, you, you put your motivation on the refrigerator. If you want to lose weight or get in shape, you put, like, what you want to look like or if you want to, whatever it is. Right? This is the why is the motivation, and then how are the steps to take in order to achieve the goal. All right, so let's start with the what in verse 14. It's what Paul says. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. It's interesting in this very little passage, Paul uses the plural five times. In that one verse, he uses it three times. The plural us, our people, right? He doesn't use the singular ever. Now, this is true. I want you to know this, that everyone, when you come to faith in Jesus, you have to do that individually. Nobody gets grandfathered in. And I say that because it's not uncommon for me to be out in the community where somebody doesn't know me and I'm playing golf and they find out that I'm a minister. And when they find that out, they almost, <laughs> it happens so often, they'll go, oh, oh, my grandfather was a, was a minister. And that what they're saying is, I've been grandfathered in. I'm okay. And nobody gets grandfathered in. Right? So if you're here, you need to come to grips with what the Bible says about you and what the Bible says about Jesus and what the Bible says Jesus did for you. And by faith, you have to receive what he has done as more important than what you are doing. All right? And then you get baptized. And when you get baptized, well, it's a public proclamation of what is true of who you are now in your new identity, whose you are in being Jesus, but it's also your entrance into the family of God. All right, so one of the things, if, if you have not yet been baptized and you believe in Jesus, then that's one thing you can do in 2022. Make sure you do that. But once you become a Christian, the Bible never talks about Christianity as being an individual sport. It's always a community, always a group, always the church. And I will go so far as to say this, that Christianity cannot be fully experienced or fully expressed outside of community. And let me say that again. Christianity cannot be fully experienced or fully expressed outside of doing it within community. All right? Let me tell you, this is what I mean by that. The reason for that is, oh, is because you are your best self when you're not about yourself. You are your best self when you're, you know that, right? You know that. You know that because of the family member that comes to all the family gatherings and only talks about themselves. And you just roll your, your eyes and just go, oh, gosh, she's doing it again. The, the worker at work that's only after what they can get. And the people that you most love are the people that are all about someone else. Right? So you know that you are your best self when you're not about yourself, which is one of the reasons 
that God calls us into the church. It's one of the reasons, by the way, why COVID has been so damaging. COVID isn't damaging just because of the loss of individual lives, which has been great. It has damaged us because we have lost community. You know, it's, it's the first time in my lifetime that we have ever experienced anything like a crisis in, the, in our nation or a crisis in the world and not been able to, to gather together. That is the normal response when we go into a crisis. It's also why if you're watching online, that we wanna provide you everything we can online, but we are constantly calling you back because in the Bible, community happens face to face, person to person, All right? The reason you're your best self when you're not about yourself is this, there, there's an old story about a guy who had a dream. And in the dream, he took a trip down to hell and then he took a trip to heaven. And when he went down to hell, this is what he saw. He saw this banquet table that was, had a tremendous feast on this banquet table. Everything you could ever want. And the people there were crying, they were angry, they were shouting, they were miserable. And what he, when he looked, he, what he found was that they all had these three foot long forks attached to their hands. So they could get the food, but they couldn't get it into their mouths. So they were starving. And then he went on his trip to heaven. And what he saw in heaven was the exact same banquet table, the same feast that was laid out and people were laughing and they were uh, singing and they were full of joy. And what he saw was that they had the same three foot long forks attached to their hands, but instead of trying to feed themselves, they were feeding the people across from them. Listen, last year for 97 days, 97 days, our church looked at the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what heaven is like? It's when people are not about themselves. Can you imagine what people would, would think if they saw our church being like a slice of heaven where everyone was after someone else, where you didn't come to church just for yourself, where you were looking in other people, where you were trying to be your very best self because you weren't about yourself, you were about somebody else. That's what God intended. That's why when Peter talks about the church in 1 Peter, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And then this is why the writer to Hebrews says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, God's intent is to do something in a church that makes us completely different than out there. What he intends to do is his kingdom come, his will be done right here on earth as it is in heaven. That's the goal. That's the what. You know, and the writer of the Hebrews says, as we see the day approaching, and that brings me to my second point, the why, the motivation. And the motivation is verse 13. It says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. What Paul says is that the motivation to be what God called us to be, to be the church, 
is the second coming of Jesus, which is weird, right? I mean, because I, when I think of somebody who's fixated, and you know, I, I want the why to be like that photo that you put on your refrigerator that says, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is what I want. And that's supposed to be the second coming of Jesus. The reason that strikes me as weird is whenever I think of somebody fixating on the second coming, I think of somebody in Times Square with a sandwich board that says the end is near with long hair and a big bushy beard, right? And uh, the second coming is very important. It's uh, mentioned almost 300 times in the New Testament. That's an average of once every 13 verses. But listen, okay, listen to me. You listening? <laughs> Never is it mentioned so that we can speculate when it's going to happen. Right? So many people come up to me and they say, you think we're closer to the end than we were? You think, you think it's going to happen? And I always have the same response. I was going, yeah, we're closer today than we were yesterday. It's not to speculate when it's going to happen, right? That's why Jesus in Acts chapter 1 tells his disciples at the very beginning, this is not for you to know the times and the epics, right? Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 24 says he doesn't even know. That's not the point. The point is not to speculate when the end will come. We look forward to the second coming of Jesus in order to become passionate about the way we live right here, right now. And this is why. Right? That picture on your refrigerator is supposed to make you go, that's what I want, and I want to take the step that I can today to become like that picture. There's a great verse in Titus chapter 3. It's become one of my favorite verses because it has a single word in it that I love. Titus chapter 3, verse 5, is what it says. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Spirit. The word I love there is the word that's translated regeneration. Regeneration. It's the Greek word palingenesia. It means the renewal of all things. It's only used one other time in the New Testament. It's used by Jesus. And Jesus is using it in describing that one day when he comes back, everything will be renewed in the entire universe. It will be exactly the way God intended it to be. What Paul says is that that power that will one day redo the entire universe into what God intended it to be is at work inside of you right now. The palingenesia of God regenerating you. So what God intends for us as a group is to have a, this group of people right here, right now, that have that palingenesia at work inside of us. And so together, we are actually working with Jesus to regenerate, to restore all things the way he wants. And so when Jesus comes, we can say, this is for you. This is what we were doing. Right? Whenever we do something as a church, like the Thanksgiving baskets, that's what I think we're doing. We knock on a door and we have this basket of food, and we say, this is for you. And what we're telling him is, this is the way the world is supposed to be. Where I have this, this food, and I'm, instead of feeding myself, I'm reaching across the table to you. This is heaven on earth, palingenesia to you. Right? And the people take it. They don't even know what's going on, but they know this is the best thing that's happened to me this last month. 
Dialing Genesee is when you call a friend that you know needs you to call, but you dread the call because you don't know what to say, but you call them anyway just to say, listen, I don't know what to say, but I love you and I'm praying for you. Palingenesia is when you take a meal to somebody. Palingenesia is when we do the just because cards. This, this came in like a week ago. Uh, this is a story from a, a woman named Tanya. She says, I was shopping for a few grocery items. It was me and my five-month-old in Walmart. Two nice women, I love that there were two, came up to me and handed me a gift card to Walmart for $50 and said, Merry Christmas. I was so shocked and happy at the same time because nothing like that happens to me ever. I thank you, whoever you are. You made my day, especially at the right time on a budget. You know what she was experiencing? Tiny taste. Tiny taste of palingenesia, heaven on earth. Because people that, they, that she didn't even know came up and said, this is for you. This is for you. And what Jesus says is one day the entire world will be like that, the way I want it to be. You're your best self when you're not about yourself, right? And that brings me to the how. And the how is in verses 11 and 12. It says, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. You know, that's Jesus. It starts with Jesus coming into your life and taking over, right? And then it it goes training us, which I love that word training, right? When, he, when Paul uses the word training, what he's trying to tell us is that it's not easy. You're not going to float into this. We're not going to like slowly like float our way into becoming the church that God wants us to be. You're not going to float your way down 2022 and become more like Jesus at the end of 2022. There's a training involved. And then he says this, to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright, and godly lives in the present age. All right, I think there are three things there that I just want to pull out. First, he talks about uh, denouncing worldly passions, right? That, that word, I've, I've told you before, that's a Greek word. The Greek word is epithemia. It's a compound word. Thumia means desire, and epi means over. It means to want something too much. Usually it's a good thing that becomes an ultimate thing. You want to be a good mom, right? It's a good thing to be a good mom. But then being a good mom becomes an ultimate thing. And if being a good mom becomes an ultimate thing, then you will die a thousand deaths and you'll actually hurt your kids in the end. You want to succeed at work. Success at work is a good thing. But if work becomes the ultimate thing, it will drain you of life itself, right? We all know that. But here's the thing. You will never know your own epithemia. You never will. Like like if I were to come to you and say, hey, how are you doing being a mom? You'll go, oh, yeah, I love being a mom. But uh, yeah, Jesus is number one. You know, but my kids, you know, I really love my kids. You won't know. Somebody else has to point it out to you. That's one of the reasons that we have to be in community. That's why one of the things we're going to call you to this year is to get involved in a small group where somebody can be able to love you enough to say to you, listen, I know, I know you're doing great at work, but this is what I see. I know you love golf, but this is what I see. Right? I know you love your kids, but this is what I see. Be careful. You will never, ever be able to do that on your own. Right? So 
You need somebody, but that's a work that happens inside of you that somebody helps you with. And then he goes on and he says uh, <clears throat> to live self-controlled, upright. That word upright is the word for righteousness. And I used to always think that righteousness was uh, something that happened inside of me, like uh, with my thought life or with my actions. But righteousness is actually something that happens that I do to other people. It's the way I treat other people, the way I move out of myself to you. And so the first movement that we will train together is being close enough for somebody to help me with my life. The second movement is to be righteous and to help people with their lives. And then the third movement is to live godly in the present age, which is living out in the community in such a way that people look at us and say, what is it about you that makes you so different? Right? Three things that God wants to do inside of you, inside of us as a church. The next three weeks, I'm going to tell you the three ways that we are going to do it here at Christ Community Chapel. We call it CCC and three. CCC and three. But this is what I want. <clears throat> Listen, by the end of 2022, this is true. You're going to be more like Jesus or less like Jesus. I will too. By the end of 2022, you will either love him more or love him less. I want us to long to love him more. I want by the end of 2022 for us to hear the echo of Eden more loudly than we ever had. To be the kind of church where people look at us and say, that must be what heaven on earth looks like. The palingenesia. Because that's what Jesus came to do. One day he's coming back and everything will be exactly the way he intends it to be. But that power is at work inside of you right now. And God is calling us to be the church that he wants us to be. Let's do it. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we uh, come to you and I am grateful. <clears throat> I'm grateful that you have called us individually but you never uh, leave us alone. That you call us into a family, into a community, uh, into this particular church at this particular time. Lord, I, I want us to be all that you want us to be. I long for uh, to be a part of a community where it really is a slice of heaven on earth, where we impact the world in the way that you want us to impact it where we change into the kind of people you want us to be. Please do that inside of each one of us and help us to do it uh, together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.